Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. What's going on, Minor Nation? Football season is here. I am Anthony Salome. It's your boy, A-Rod Nicholas, coming with the energy. I'm fired the fuck up today. What's good? We got a huge podcast planned tonight. Uh, college football is back in full swing. A few different games are on right now as we speak. Uh, Western Kentucky about to kick off here in the next couple minutes. It feels good, man. It feels so good. But we'll jump into it in just a second. Let's start off by saying if y'all are listening out there, uh, you can call in 347-934-0951. We'll take your calls. We'll take questions out there on the open thread. Um, whatever tweet, y'all, yeah, email, tweet, whatever, Facebook, man. email, y'all know how to find us. Um, we'll be talking with, uh, I, I don't want to, yeah, we got to, yeah, I should have asked him the last name, but Scotty Bordelon, yeah, Bordelon, uh, we'll be talking with him from our Arkansas sister, uh, SB Nation site, brother, Arkansas brother, fight, brother, site. Uh, brother, brother site, whatever. I mean, that's the, that's the term, <laughs> whatever it is, you know what I'm saying? Um, but we're going to be talking a lot of UTEP football, conference USA football, some recruiting news. And a whole lot more. So let's just jump right into it, man. We might just have to skip basketball, unfortunately. Yeah. But actually, we'll, I was thinking about starting off talking about all basketball just to piss people off. But, but nah, nah. We'll nah it's football it. season. We'll skip it. But it's football season. We, 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 got, we got some questions here on the on the comment thread, and we'll get into those. We got a new commenter. Shout out to Chuko Miner. We'll get to those questions here in a second. But uh, basically, let's start off. You know, we'll get into the Arkansas preview as well. But I really wanted to preview this season. We kind of broke down last time that we talked to you guys on the podcast about the depth chart. Um, you know, kind of those things, but now I really want to talk about this season and what we think. And we're going to kind of teasing a post that we have uh, with Renzo, me and Anthony, we put together. Well, it'll be out of minor rush tomorrow afternoon. Basically, our season predictions. Now, I hate preseason predictions, yeah. but I thought it was just something, you know, that we could kind of give a guy some, you know, some fun to look at it and, uh, you know, really look at football season. I was just thinking, I was talking with a guy at work today and it hit me. This team really reminds me of last year's team. It really, really does with so many unknowns. Yeah. But there's talent there. There's pieces. It's just there's so many unknowns. And really, in my heart of hearts, I really want us to see us start fast. And, you know, obviously Arkansas is going to be a tough challenge. But I really want us to see us have a couple of good drives against Arkansas, have some confidence going to Texas Tech, knock them off, go to New Mexico State, beat their ass. But – I really think that this season is going to start slow kind of yeah. like last year. No, I mean, I really we talked thought. about it a lot last week, and it, a lot of it relies on the fact that we don't have a quarterback. We don't have any proven quarterback at that. Even Mac Leftwich that's got some starts under his belt. You know, Garrett Simpson, he's been banged up, and, and he's got, you know, the, the frame in the arm. But we just don't have a guy that's back there as your leader. And it's more than just throwing the football. It's it's being that, that, that general, that field general, being out there and directing and just being a leader out there for your, for your teammates. And, and so that's, that's going to take some time to get used to. I'm not saying that Mac left, which can't do that or Garrett Simpson can't do that, but they haven't really ever been in this position. And when you're thrown into it at a team like Arkansas, that's, that's returning a lot of players that's ranked in the top 20. I mean, 
I mean, you're thrown right into the fire, so that's going to be very, very tough. But I agree with you. Teasing the post, I think I think we will have a good season. Yeah. I think this season will be productive. I think we're going to build on next year. I mean, I'm sorry, on last year. But I wouldn't get my hopes up too high for, for Saturday's game. I mean, we've really got to be realistic. And I think more than anything, it's not even about getting a W. I mean, if we're in the game at the end and we have a chance to win it, great. You know what I mean? And, and I'm not putting that out of the realm of possibility. But what I'm saying is there are bigger things to, to look out for in this game. And that is just kind of taking care of the basics, making sure that we're able to tackle, you know, stay mistake free, uh, you know, keeping guys healthy, stuff like that. You know, you, there's there's smaller victories here than just the, the, the win and loss. That are and, huge victories. Yeah, down they the road. are. Exactly. And that will help us. In, in other games, especially come conference time, you know, again, I'm not saying Saturday's not winnable, but I think we need to concentrate on these smaller things that may give us a chance to, to be in the game. But, I mean, we got to concentrate on just, on just taking care of our, of our jobs and, and playing sound fundamental football, and, and we'll go from there. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go out and start worrying about, are we going to win this game? Or point spreads. Or, or point spreads. Even though it would like be that. cool yeah. to cover whatever. But, yeah, but no, no, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, I mean, you hit it right on the damn head, bro. I mean, it's just – we're not going to go in there. We're not going to run for 300 yards. Exactly. We're not going to convert over 60% of third down conversions or get them off the field less than 40% on third down. Those are the little things that, you know, I want to see maybe every once in a while we can get a third down stop. Mm-hmm. Like you said, tackling. If there's a, uh, you know, you get a guy like Alan, Alex Collins in the open field and, and you get a young guy like a Kalon Beverly or a Michael Lewis make an open field tackle. That's what we want to yeah. see. It's, it's those little things that, like you said, are going to, because this, this, after these, and I'm going to even throw New Mexico State in there because even though we should win that game, that is a tough stretch of three games on the road with the way that the style that we play where we're beating up on people and it takes a lot out of you. Yeah. If you can just get those those three games with, like you said, it doesn't have to be a spotless one and two record or a spotless two and one record. But if we played some good football, if we found what we're missing, what we're missing secondary. Let's just start off there. The secondary is yeah. what really concerns me, particularly in this Texas Tech game. You know, the second is tight end production that's going to help out these quarterbacks. That's a big part of it because UTEP, they're relying on these tight ends. It's not they're, – they're not hiding the fact that these tight ends are experienced. They're throwing them out in these packages from the practices that I've seen. They're throwing the Hayden Plinky. They're throwing the Cedric Lang in the red zone. Those are the two positions I think that we really, really have to watch for. And then the third is that defensive line. We kind of talked about in the last podcast how the front line is great, but we don't know what we're getting past that into the twos, into the threes, and the depth. So those three positions, the secondary, tight ends, and you can even throw tight ends with the receivers there because that that plays into quarterback play and getting in that rhythm. Those are the little things that you want to see. You know, a second down and seven, you know, if it's a pass play against Arkansas. We don't have to get that first down, but let's get five to six yards because when we play a UTSA, when we play a FIU, you want to be able to have that play in your back pocket where, hey, this is not an SEC opponent. You know, Donovan Walker can blow past somebody and get open. Like you said, those are just the little things I think are going to pay off. But I really think that this team just reminds me so much of last year's team. It really does. You have the you got the running back depth. You know, with with AJ obviously, and then you have Lofasa, then you have Trayvon Hughes, and then you're getting a quarterback. I mean, it's kind of hard to compare Showers with Maskelewicz, but I think they're going to be in that same mold. The offensive line, obviously, is way farther along. And then you go to that defensive side. Last year, we still had a lot of questions in the secondary. We didn't know how good the secondary was. And they, and they really – it was. I mean, it's going to be a coach's job, basically what I'm trying to say, is that the coaches are going to have to break down the good and the bad of these first couple games 
to make this thing not turn. And there's, there's going to be a turning point. There's going to be that turning point in the season, like a La Tech game, like a Kansas State game. Where that's going to come, is it going to come early? Is it going to come late? But I just don't see this team getting off to that hot start and, and really just wowing people from the beginning. It's going to take some work. It's going to take some coaching. But I think the staff really, really understands that. If, if You know, same thing like last year in the sense. No doubt about it, man. And you just it, when you talk about, about the questions that still need to be answered, that's why they're not going to be able to get off to that hot start. There's just too many unknowns right now. And you can't go out there and expect a group that hasn't really been uh, tested to, to be able to go out there and, and perform at a high level in their first game, in their first real game action at such a, a tough team. I mean, that, it's just – it's going to be very hard, but I agree with you. There is going to be a turning point, and I do think this season is going to be – the only way to put it is successful. I don't know if that's going to end up being 7-5, and 8-4, and four, whatever it might be. I mean, there's going to be a lot of games that are going to kind of be those those swing games throughout the season that, that we're going to have chances to either kind of take a step forward or take a step back. You know, talk about, about the Rices, you know, of mm-hmm. the world. For us, Rice has been our nemesis. I just, for whatever reason, we just cannot get past whether those it's Adam Roder at home. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You know, that's that's one. You know, or or you know, LaTeX recently. LaTeX recently. There's always been the, and then we got LaTeX at home this year. That's yeah. gonna be a real tough one. Uh, you know, just those types of games where it's like you got you got to really prove what you're made of if you're gonna really st- take a real step forward and and step up as a contender in this league. But there's gonna be plenty of opportunities. I do agree with you that it's going to take some time. It's going to start a little slow, but there's small victories to be earned along the way. And once conference time hits, that's when this this team should really be hitting on all cylinders. And and you know it's on from there. And that's not discrediting the the, the talent that's on the two deep on the depth chart. That's it's just it, it's it's going to be the same thing like last year where it's got to they the coaches are going to find that niche like they like to say in coach speak. They're going to find that formula defensively. They're going to find that formula offensively. What was it last year? It was the spread. You know, we spread out more. We have a sweep. You know, we we uh, integrated the jet sweep with Audrey Autre Golton. There's going to be little things in out. And I think one thing that was overlooked last year was the job that the coaching did. I mean, we we hammered the coaching staff the first year. Yeah. And, and it, you know, some of it was just, some of it was us just being frustrated. And even at the beginning of, of, of last year, we hammered the coaching staff. But I think they didn't get enough credit for the job that they did. And, and not only that, but the recruiting that, that they've been able to do and, and fill the weaknesses like special teams. And that's a big thing to watch, too, that we didn't even mention is special teams. That, that's really, I mean, I'm not saying we got to punt an average of 50 yards or have a punt return average of seven yards or, you know, Autry Golden break the damn record in the first week. But let's just not have any of those just porous breakdowns that really just crush this team's confidence early yeah. on. Those are little things that that's going to add up, like you said, later. And I think with Brian Natkin having a full year, and I was hearing him on, on the coaches show last night talking about how he got tips from other um, you know, staffs or whatnot to, to bring to the UTEP. And that's going to be huge to watch, too, as the special teams. We're going to have a freshman punter. The return teams are more than likely going to be solid, but it's that punt team and that punt return team. Those are two weak spots. And I want to see us block some damn kicks, too. Yeah. That is what this team – a team like UTEP that, that wants to physically outmatch you and, and, and pound you and beat you up, those type of teams usually are solid on special teams. They're getting block kicks. You know, they're, they're turning the tide. They're setting their offense with better uh, field position, you know, flipping the field. So those are things that we're going to watch in watching Vanderbilt. They're going to be starting in their, inside their own two-yard line. But um, those are the kind of things that those good teams, those real good football yep. teams do. 
They make those that's plays, our next man. Step. And that's our next step. And that's what we're talking about with these smaller victories. You know, you start coming up with, with little wins like that along the way, those pile up and they add up to big wins, the real wins later on in the season. So I mean, confident. That, that, that's exactly and that's that's where we gotta start with with getting those little wins like that. And you know, not just we'll 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 get on uh, on Arkansas a little later, but that was one of my keys in the game preview was was kind of limiting mistakes and, and in that is is also kind of doing what you're talking about, you know, you don't want to have 15-yard punts, shank punts, or, or you know, mistakes in the punt game, and then all of a sudden you're back inside your own two-yard line or whatever it might be. You know, those are the kind of things that they set you back and they put you in a hole that you're especially never able to get out of. Especially early in the season. Especially early in the season. So, yeah, but, I mean, we'll have we'll have our, our official season. For, I'll probably surprise some people. I know, Anthony, we'll, we'll, it'll be fun. I think be fun. I think we'll, we'll generate some good combo on that. And, I mean, pretty much, like I said, our, our basic – take on this season is it's going to start off slow but for one the schedule is manageable two we're going to have young guys that are going to be during the headlights in the first couple games but watch out come conference play yeah. that's really the big thing and as we jump into the younger guys we had a huge i think this is a huge commitment because i mean he's not really heralded as far as stars and and offers but i got a chance to watch the guy last weekend and christian johnson Man, I mean, this is a huge pickup, not only because, oh, yes, of, of course, getting him, but what, what already is here, um, you know, on the roster at the defensive line position. So we picked up Christian Johnson to commit from El Paso Parkland. Got it, kind of, The commitment kind of fell into my lap because I was interviewing after the game doing uh, high school football for 600 ESPN, and he basically said he was going to commit. He just wanted to go talk to Cougar, and they say, and bam, he committed. So yeah. that's a big get for them. Uh, the coaches actually are able now to speak with recruits and evaluate so UTEP did have some offers that went out. A, a quarterback, I think UTEP's going to use him more as an athlete from Oklahoma, 6'4", 235. This is a damn good name, too. I'll probably murder it, but <laughs> Quint Scofus. Oh, we can have a Quint Scofus on our team. I'll take him. Uh, he, this is a guy that, that that tweeted out that he's going to visit Oklahoma. So this guy is a guy that's probably going to explode on his recruiting scene. Um, UTEP offered a couple guys that are already committed. Robert Mahone, uh, talented running back that he's already committed to Boise State. That's going to be kind of a tough get. Um, uh, Tarver Vilum, a defensive end from Midland, Texas. He's a commit to Sam Houston State. I kind of think of my crystal ball would say he may flip. Uh, he was at the UTEP camp earlier. That's going to be an interesting uh, piece to add with all what's already here and with Christian Johnson. If we can get a guy like him, he's going to blow up in his recruiting. And then the, the new offer that went out today, Jalen Lewis, an uh, offensive tackle from uh, California, a very athletic 6'5", 265. So really, the, I, I personally think that the big uh, needs recruiting-wise is going to be at the running back spot. And I think it's a defensive tackle tackle and the defensive and along the defensive line. So those are two big areas to watch out for. You'll see a lot of running back offers probably going out here. Running back, I think, is a big need for this team going in the next year. And obviously after Aaron Jones, I don't want to think about that, get into that thought, but it is realistic. You got to, I mean, talking about the local commit, you know, you got to love the way Coach Cougar continues to just kind of keep the local talent here at home. I mean, obviously you're going to have one or two that get away, but that was something that you didn't see 20 years ago. And and I have been following UTEP football that long and longer, and you really didn't see it. I mean, you'd see a guy every now and then come out of El Paso, but Price kind of started that trend, in my opinion, and Kugler's really taken it up to the next level, and, and he's made a real effort to, to get our local talent and keep it here because there are good players. Yeah. There are very good football players that come out of the city, and, and too many times in the past we've seen them go on to play at other universities, and whether it be, you know, the University of Texas, like we saw recently, or, or what?
the university it might be, but you see them leave and and I don't know. I just feel like they they could be that same player or better right here at UTEP, and it's good to see Sean Kugler uh, sticking to to his guns with that and, and holding on to the local talent. Yeah, and and he pitched that, and, and you know I can really see some of this this unhidden talent. There's a lot of guys out there, and we'll cover them throughout the year. We'll talk about these guys. We'll give them love, and it's really, I mean, it, it's really good to see that. Just like you said, and there's some talent here, and there's going to be a couple more guys. He said that he has five commits. I only can count up three. So we got some work to do in digging up some things. So that's just a small little recruiting hit that we have for you guys. Well, obviously, we'll keep an update. Uh, I expect more offers to go out during the weekend. So I'm thinking about putting a post with all these guys that we mentioned, putting some info. I know a guy like Scovis had like over 2,000 all-purpose yards last year. So that would be a nice pickup. And it is time. It is time to start considering, you know, the quarterback position. Yeah. You know, I mean, is Mac left? Which I know he's got two more years after this, but is he going to be the quarterback of the future? Exactly. Is it Kavika Johnson? Uh, you know, I, I pose the question: What if Kavika Johnson just excels at running back and wide receiver? Yeah, I mean, do, do you move up? Like, the, the, there's so much things they to think and, about. And you there. really got to start shoring up the position. But um, I think it's time, man. Let's let's jump into the Arkansas talk, and we are now going to be joined. You know what? I'm gonna let you introduce yourself because I I don't want to do any any damage to the last name, man. Oh, don't worry, Scotty Borlon. Yeah, Scotty Borlon. We got we weren't we weren't we weren't off. All right. So what's going on, Scotty? Uh, thanks for coming on the Minor Rush podcast. Uh, looking forward to Saturday's game. Already a lot of college football action going on right now. But how you doing tonight, man? I'm doing pretty good. It's fun to start talking about some college football again. It's about just about that time. Oh yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, I mean, tell us the truth, man. Is this is there any ounce of worry worry from these Arkansas fans, or is this just a trial and run? I, to, and I and I read the previews over there on Arkansas <laughs> Fighter, right? So, so, is this just a trial run to make sure that the tailgating goes smooth, that that parking the parking passes work, that the season tickets work? Is this really what it is from uh, most Arkansas fans? Yeah, I think I think a lot of Arkansas fans are kind of taking that mentality going into the first week. But I mean, you you still got to. You still got to line up and play. Obviously, Arkansas took a hit to its its running back core a couple of weeks ago with Jonathan Williams going down. Um, Cody Walker and a, a freshman from Texas, Raleigh Williams, are are expected to kind of to step into that spot. Um, Alex Collins, who's a, a big time big time get for Brett Bielema, probably one of his his first recruits, that he, first big recruits that he got. Um, he's probably going to be the primary back. Um, Bielen is talking about um, not really expanding his his role too much, but I don't. I'm not really sure that I believe that Collins is is, is he's just really he's too good to um, to not just hand turn around and hand the ball off to a whole lot. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, Arkansas is in a, in a really good spot. Um, but UTEP UTEP plays physical too, so we'll just have to see how it goes. Earlier in the week, Bielema talked talked about playing a lot of guys. Uh, you know, could, whether that's on the defensive side or offensive side, where do you see the most rotation of guys that are going to be getting looks for SEC West play for the bigger games, the Texas Tech game? Where do you see the most rotation and the most bodies being shuffled in and out uh, coming up Saturday? Uh, no doubt, it's the defensive line. Bielema has uh, has talked about since the spring that he's as deep along the defensive line as he's probably ever been as a coach. Um, he's comfortable rotating eight to even ten guys along the defensive line. Um, so there will be a lot of fresh bodies there. Um, he he won't have any problem rotating guys in and out. Um, I'm also kind of curious to see how the just the front seven in general does. I think 
think Arkansas is okay in, in the secondary with uh, Jared Collins, DJ Dean, and a couple other guys back. But really the, the defensive lines, we're going to see the most depth. Linebacker is a bit of a question because Arkansas lost. Uh, Martrell Spade led the, led the conference in tackles last year, but Brooks Ellis is a senior, I believe. Um, he'll be taking over the, I guess, that spot that Martrell Spate left open. Um, but, but, yeah, the defensive line is probably where you're going to see the most spaces for Arkansas this weekend. I think it's it's no secret that – well, I guess both these teams are real run-heavy teams, but I think it's no secret that the minors are going to be much less balanced than, than Arkansas will be. Do you see this as an opportunity for – for the defense to just kind of come out there and just load the box and just smother this team? Or do you, do you all see the passing game as a threat as well from UTEP? Uh, well, I I was hearing you guys' coach on a, on a sports talk radio show today. He said he wants to be a little, he wants to be more balanced. I think than he has been in the past. Um, I think Arkansas seeing that they practice against a really physical style offense and practice. I think Arkansas is going to be ready for the run game for the most part, especially when you're rotating eight, eight to ten guys along the, the defensive front. And you'll probably see some faces, um, some new faces at the linebacker position for Arkansas too. But, um, yeah, I think Arkansas, I think their primary focus is to stop that run. Um, but, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if UTEP also took some shots um, deep against Arkansas secondary to kind of maybe get guys out of the box to um, just kind of play it straight up. And that kind of leads into my question about the offensive scheme, or not really offensive scheme, but offensive game plan. UTEP is young as hell in the secondary. I mean, we're starting two or three young, uh, true freshmen out there. This is, is this a game where you see Bielema kind of open up that play action read? I mean, you've seen your quarterback just has great footwork out of that. Or is this a game where he's just going to try to pound it out? You know, uh, obviously he's known for kind of running up the score against weaker opponents, but how do you see him kind of coming out and, and establishing some type of offensive flow in, in game one? Well, it's, it'll be offensive coordinator Dan Enos' first game, obviously, at Arkansas. Um, we've been told all spring, all off season, that Dan Enos' offense is going to look a little bit different than what Jim Chaney's did last season. Um, I think Bielema and Enos, they also want to kind of prove to people that they can throw the ball a little bit more. Um, Brandon Allen's under under Enos now, and um, Enos was obviously – he was a – a pretty good quarterback at, at Michigan State in his day, and I think he's been helping Brandon Allen a lot in the passing game. He's got a couple of weapons that he really trusts, and for the first time in a, in, since Brandon Allen's been uh, the quarterback at Arkansas the last three years, he's finally got a guy that is a legitimate deep play threat, um, and I think that that's that's exciting for a lot of Arkansas fans, and I think that that's exciting for Brandon Allen too. Um, yeah, I just we're, we've yet to see, um, obviously, what Arkansas's offense is right now, but I expect them to kind of, obviously, they'll they'll show some show some play action and, and run the ball, um, but I think you also see some some shots taken downfield as well. You know, Arkansas comes into the season ranking top twenty, but like you mentioned, there are some questions there on defense, especially in the middle. Uh, Brandon Allen, you spoke a little bit about him there, but you know. Do you think that that where they where they stand right now is the true gauge of of how good this team is, or do you think they're overrated or underrated? Um, I, there's been a lot of off season hype. Um, I've got Arkansas right now at either seven and five or eight and four. 
Um, I'm not really buying the the 10 win hype. The schedule is just too difficult. Lots of Arkansas's top games: Tennessee, Alabama, LSU, Ole Miss are all on the road. And you also get a, a an A and M team that um, a lot of people are kind of keen to be the dark horse in the West, uh, if you want to say that. And they get them on a neutral field, but it's it's in Texas, so um, kind of neutralizes that. Um, but yeah, Arkansas, I think they're in a good spot right now. I don't think they're going to sneak up on people uh, like they have or like they did last year. Uh, I think everybody knows what Arkansas is planning to do. Um, I think they're properly rated, I think, 19 or 20. And I think they're 18 right now, but anywhere in the 18 to 20 range is, is good right now. I just I, I want to see Arkansas beat a, a good team um, like a Texas Tech or, or maybe even, obviously, the A&M um, in Arlington before before I start really believing the hype. You guys have the biggest offensive line on the fucking planet. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so, what is yeah. that? Hold on. I got it right here. It's six six three twenty eight is the average, man. Jesus Christ. So UTEP is gonna blitz like a motherfucker. That's just what they do defensively. I mean, Scott Stoker is, is I always call him the master magician at this. Where is a weakness that you think maybe UTEP can kind of expose before obviously adjustments? Is there a weakness on this offensive line when it comes to blitzing? Obviously, run blocking. I really feel that you guys are going to average six or seven yards a clip. But and and pass protection. Where do you think there could be a possible weakness with this tremendous offensive line you guys have? They even made the media guide. Yeah, I think the pass protection is the biggest thing. Um, a lot of times last year. Um, especially in SEC play, Brandon Allen didn't have a whole lot of time to, to kind of make his progressions and make his reads, and he was flushed out of the pocket a lot. Um, so I think maybe giving him another half second to, to kind of stand in the pocket and survey the field I think will be key for Arkansas. Obviously, the um, I think the big thing that a lot of the media want to see, and even the fans too, is see Arkansas be consistently dominant up front, especially in the run game. Uh, last year, they imposed, a lot of times they imposed their will uh, in the running game in the first half, and then in the second half it just fell apart. Like last year against Alabama, Arkansas had Alabama on the ropes, and um, they rushed for I think 83 yards in the first half, and then rushed for five in the second. And so it's they're not always consistently dominant, and I think Brett Bielema and obviously uh, Sam Pittman want to want to see that. As we, uh, sorry for the little delay, they were watching the Western Kentucky Vanderbilt game. If y'all are watching that right now, this guy just messed up a, a great play. But yeah, um, I, I have a question as far as what I mean. I, it's I'm I call it keys to the game. I mean, I know that this isn't a game that y'all necessarily think that you need to do certain things to win. I mean, obviously that that's the take that that you all have. I don't know how close this game or how much of a beatdown it will be either way, but. What do you think – what do you want to see out of your team in this game? I want to see the defensive line kind of prove themselves. Um, a lot of the guys uh, that are back this year aren't exactly what you would call experienced. Um, Arkansas lost Trey Flowers and Darius Fallon, um to the next level last year. Yep. Um, so, so really this year Arkansas has got – well, Bielema says he's got eight to ten guys he likes to roll out there, but none of them are really proven or established yet. Uh, I'm kind of looking to see if anybody kind of stands out or um, more or less makes a name for themselves and kind of puts uh, 
puts Arkansas's opponents on notice. Another thing I'm looking for is just to see what Dan Enos' offense is like. We've, we've heard that it's obviously going to be different than Jim Chaney's. He was more of a, a pass-happy guy, which didn't sit real well with Brett Bielema, I don't think. But um, we've, we've hear, we hear that it's going to be different. We've got to see how different it's going to be exactly. So those are just a couple of things I'm looking for um, come Saturday. Scotty Bordland from Arkansas Fight SB Nation site that covers Arkansas joins us. So the final question, and we do the star podcast uh, guest, we put you on the spot. Score prediction, probably going to be a lot to a little, but shoot it at us, bro. Uh, well, I think the Vegas line, the last I looked or the last I heard was Arkansas was, I think, a 33-point favorite. I think that's Sir. pretty pretty spot on. I'll go – uh, I'll go forty-three ten Arkansas. I think I think UTEP I think UTEP could give Arkansas some problems early, um, and yeah, I think the I think the thirty-three point spread is is pretty spot on. So I'll go I'll go forty-three ten on Saturday. There you have it, Scotty Bordelon from ArkansasFight.com. We thank you very much for joining us. Anybody that wants to check out any more information on Arkansas, head over to ArkansasFight.com. Thanks again, man. Hope to talk to you soon. All right, man. Sounds good. Y'all take it easy. I I have to say that that I mean when when you go into games like this, right? Coming from a, from a spread perspective, you have to assume that Vegas is looking at at the 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 pool of games that the, the UTEP has played in past years, uh, this type of environment on the road, top ranked opponent, so on and so forth. And so that's where you get that spread. When you when you look, I mean, obviously it's. I, I, I'm not going to say it should be less or it should be more, but I'm saying when you when you look at like last year against Kansas State, the way they kind of performed, uh, similar team like we talked about, same questions kind of heading in early in the season on the road, tough environment. You know, that's kind of where you get these these lines from for a team like UTEP because the truth is that Vegas really doesn't know much about UTEP, right? Although, I mean, if, unless they read minor rush, unless they read minor rush. <laughs> I mean, they know enough to make lines, yeah. but the truth is. When it comes to smaller programs, they don't they don't have the same information that they have on these bigger guys. So I don't know whether that line is right or not, but I think it's fair. It's fair yeah. You know, and, and so, but I I don't know. I don't. I think the miners will get more than ten points. I think they'll get seventeen, maybe twenty four points, and I think they'll be able to hold uh, Arkansas. I don't know, maybe in the forties. Maybe it's a forty two seventeen game, forty two twenty four game. I don't think I don't think Arkansas will cover. Maybe it, it'll be it'll kind of be close early. It'll balloon out a little bit. Maybe we'll get one late. I think it'll end up somewhere in like the seventeen to twenty four range. That's that's what I'm guessing. If we play smart, if we play clean, it will stay uh, in the forties. That's true. But if we play sloppy, we saw it against if, Kansas State. Yeah, exa- exactly. That that's really that's really where I'm going to base this off of. Is, is that is that Kansas State game? I even talked about it on, on the comment thread yesterday about about how Arkansas would attack our offense. And really, it's, if we minimize the mistakes, we can keep it respectable. But if it turns into a to us just giving them field position, giving them touchdowns, it's going to get ugly. It's going to get into the 50s or 60s, you know, and, and that's just being nice. And, and I'm, I've been reading a lot about Bielema and his history of running it up on teams. And, you know, going back to, what was it, 2010, 2011, when uh, Mike Price took them up to Wisconsin and kind of hit them back in the mouth a little bit yeah. and made it a little bit respectable. Yeah. And I'm not saying that could happen, but... You know that's just kind of an example of what we can get. So hey, these Western Kentucky receivers are are really. I mean, obviously 
Vanderbilt's game and they're on their home field, you want to take advantage of certain opportunities. Yeah, if anybody's out there watching, that's drop. a second big drop right there. And this is supposed to be a team, you know, not to get too – Oh, there's a mistake. Yeah. There's a mistake. At worst, you got now, what? This is the first 40? game of the year, but yeah, 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 yeah. so much is talked about this well-oiled machine. Mm-hmm. And if, if, if Fletcher, the, you're listening, bro. What's up with you? This ball? is supposed to be the team in Conference USA. If I'm not one of the top it. two. We'll get that, into and that's that. What, yeah, sure. I, I, don't, I don't necessarily buy it either, but – that's and, and more than anything defensively. We know what this team is about offensively. Can you stop people though is, is the real question yeah. because as you've seen with anybody, at times if somebody gets hot and you don't have a defense, then it, it's a foot race and if you can't score enough then you lose. Um but I mean I guess mistakes like that are, are expected, but uh, we're gonna jump into that CU. I got some hot takes with CUSA, but I, I wanna answer uh Chuko Miner's question here on the comment thread. If y'all have any questions, hit us up, man. This is the perfect time to get it in. Uh, we'll transition this into Arkansas because he does have he does have some Arkansas questions. But the first one he asked was is he's heard if any if UTEP is offering any deals to go to Lubbock like they did for the bowl game in Albuquerque. I haven't heard anything, but I really doubt it uh, because it is Texas Tech and they have so many uh, ticket allotments. I really doubt that that would happen. But I know a lot of people are probably going to be going to that game, uh, so I'll keep an eye on that. I'll see if I can ask somebody at UTEP on Monday when I go to the press conference. But I don't think that'll probably happen. And then. Uh, basically, he's asking here, did uh, Simpson take any reps at QB this week? I didn't get a chance to go out to practice, um, and I really would doubt that he would get any reps there because they really – UTEP, how it's been in the past under Cougar, they're going to give Leftwich a lot of the uh, a lot of the reps. Now, he was getting reps at Holder. He's just going to be the Holder. Um, but like I said, I wasn't really at practice, so I'm just kind of guessing on there. Um, and then any other players that are out, uh, won't be available, I, I was reading Brett Bloomquist pretty much said that Tron Robertson – our senior corner is pretty much out. He had a boot, I want to say, last Tuesday when I went. That was the first time I seen him in the boot, and he wrote yesterday that he appears to be out. So that's really the only guy that's out. Of course, Terry Janelle, uh, the big punt returner that we signed, the Juco All-American, is going to be out. Um, those are the two guys that I know for sure. Everybody else that had minor uh, cap injuries. Uh, should be all ready to go. I'm talking about Mookie Carlisle. Um, Ish Harrison obviously is out with that torn quad, but pretty much the only players that won't be available is looking like just Tron Roberson, and then the closer to game time, we'll try to update you guys on Twitter. But that's kind of a good thing that we're not – I mean, we're missing two key parts in the secondary, but it's really just camp camp bumps and scrapes and, and, and going iron, or minor on minor, like they like to say, iron, sharpen, iron sharpens iron. So those are that's really the only big person that's not going to make, and that's kind of big in this type of game to have a physical corner like Tron on the outside to help out, obviously on safety blitzes and obviously coming up to to run stops. So that's kind of a big loss, but I think that's going to help guys like Kalon Beverly. I think that's going to help guys like Michael Lewis, uh, you know, get their feet wet and play a lot of snaps on Saturday. We're going to see a lot of young guys in that secondary because of that. And Tron, you know, man, the guy, I just feel for him. He's gone through so many damn injuries that are just out of his yeah, out of his out of control, control, man, you know, and he's a damn good corner. He's physical. He's a big-sized corner. And, I mean, the guy's been here, and he's a minor. He loves UTEP. He's stuck around through all of it. So it sucks to see him go out. But other than that, pretty much are fully healthy. I would expect Aaron Jones to get about 25 to 30 carries, depending. I, 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 I want to taper that down a little bit. Just, just because this isn't the game that you want to put him out there and, and give him 30 or 30-plus carries and – you know, put him in a position where he could potentially get injured. So this leads to my next question. Do you think they we, – we, we, I've seen the – Oh, the, did you see that? What was that? Let's, let's take a look at that. It was on a, a little – uh, I don't even know the remote. It's, it's uh, some UTEP grilled steaks right there as a preview for the for the game tomorrow. Bastards let's see where this on is the at. channel. Let's see where this is at. Look at that. <laughs> oh, that was clean. It 
was, oh, it was we, a we promo. Should, we got a screen that sh- a screenshot that I put it on minor rust. That's that pretty cool. Steaks of UTEP. Arkansas and UTEP grilled on SEC Nation. Um, but yeah, man. So, so basically, my question: we we we've talked about on minor rush, and I've seen it. The offensive diversity with the wild minor, and you know they're kind of taking. They want to take more shots. Cougar said they want to take more shots. Will it hurt us if we go vanilla and turn around and have it to two nine early, or do we need to hand it to two nine PA what, take what a you, shot? What or? do you want out of the game? You know what I mean. That's that's the real question here because. If you are going to go vanilla, you're going to allow this team that's going to be bigger and stronger than you across the board. Uh, now, we've got a good offensive line. You know, we've got, we've got a good-sized offensive line. But across the board, this is going to be a bigger, stronger team. And so if you're going to start going vanilla, you're going to allow them to stack the box, sit in base, key the run game, sit in their base defense, and not have to worry about anything deep. You stack it with eight guys, and that run. And I'm sorry, Aaron Jones isn't going anywhere. I mean, he's a great running back. You know, he's an all-star. He's probably one of the best running backs in the nation. But you, you don't give him an opportunity to have space, and he's not going to get what you need him to get. So, I mean, that's that's the real question. If you want this game, if you just want to go in there, get your paycheck, and leave, then then yeah, just just hand it off and and call it a day. But if you want to really see what this team is made of and you want to try to keep it close for as long as you can, maybe give yourself an opportunity to stay within a couple scores at the end and maybe have a chance, you've got to open it up from the beginning. I mean, I'm talking you got to go out there and on first down, play action, flea flicker, something, you know, and, and, and just try to try to make a play deep. To keep them honest, to open it up and say, hey, we, we've got this option. You know, you got to you got to respect that. You can't key on Aaron Jones and stuff our run game. I mean that's that's just my opinion. The the one guy I really want to see, and I don't know if they'll do it early. And I wrote about it in, in my running interview, and I kind of sort of think that this receiver, I want to see a guy like Warren Reddick get some touches. Even Trayvon Hughes, those are the guys that kind of they're that extra dimension of, of, of athlete that we didn't have last year. And that's no knocking of Josh Bell or. Ian Hamilton or, or Nathan Jeffrey, these guys are a little bit more faster, a little bit more quicker, guys that I think can kind of get you some of that speed. So those are the guys that I'm really looking forward to. Or is there anybody offensively besides Leftwich that's kind of a, a guy that's unproven that you kind of want to see, you know, maybe I mean, not break younger, out, but just make a player. Some of the guys out on the ends too, the receivers. But but I think you're right about the running backs. I think this is the opportunity for for you to, to give them a chance to kind of – let's see what you're made of. I mean, this is this is – the SEC toughest country. game of the year. This is SEC country. Take a little bit of load off of Aaron Jones' shoulders and give other guys a chance to prove themselves. Because if they can do it out here, they're going to be able to do it come conference time. So I think I think that is is the main thing right there. And, and in my outside the way of the box thinking, if you do that, also it takes away. It gives you. It gives teams different game film. To, you know, they're not just looking at Yusef's basic dive plays with Jones or the basic counters with Jones. They're looking at different other plays, and then bam. You know, you mix that in, and, and maybe a defensive coordinator that's not as thorough in preparing can forget about it. But you know, that that's here nor there. But that's just my take on it. But I mean, yeah, you, you got to be able to get diverse. Shoot, I wouldn't mind. I, I want to see Kavika Johnson at least have five to seven passing attempts in this game. Yeah. Minimum five I mean, to seven. That's another guy that you like. I like. I talked about in the previous podcast. So we know who our starter is, right? But that doesn't necessarily mean this isn't anything against. Mac Leftwich. It's not like I have something against him. I want UTEP to have the best opportunity to win. Okay, so I don't know that Mac Leftwich is the best option going forward. He may be. He may turn out to be. I don't know. Nobody. But, but knows. that's exactly why I agree with you in saying that 
we need to see uh, uh, Kavika Johnson because come three or four weeks down the line, we may have a different starting quarterback. It may be Kavika Johnson that's our starter. It may be Garrett Simpson that's our starter. And this is the time that they have to be given the opportunity to prove themselves. Uh, based on, yeah, and, and I mean, you're ushering so many other young guys into where it could help their confidence. You know, let's say Kavika does hit, you know, uh, Warren Reddick's on a slant for seven yards. They're going to high-five each other, and in the next week's practice, they're going to be like, hell, we it did this. It, it builds so confidence. confidence and, and that's chemistry, we, everything. That's man. the biggest thing this passing game needs. You said it right now, cohesiveness. They need that cohesiveness, confidence, the I've done it factor that I've ran across the middle caught a ball, picked up a first down, moved the chains on a third down or a big second down play. These are little things that I want to see. And then that's what I'm looking for on offense is a situational execution on these second and nine plays, these second and long plays where we get stuffed on the run on first down. What are you going to do on second down, Patrick Higgins? Are we going to open it up or are we just going to try to slam it right back in the wall that's again? That's something that, that we – saw over and over and over and over and over last year. It was like trying to stuff that square peg in the round hole, man. It was it was second and seven. You got three yards on first down. Instead of maybe giving a little dump off to the to the tight end, a swing pass out of the uh, to the back out of the backfield or a little slant from your from your slot guy, whatever it might be. Something to kind of give you a manageable third down, even if you only get another three or four yards. Now you open up, you know, whether third down's gonna be a run or a pass. Instead of seeing that we Always saw that second down. It seemed like be another run, and and when they're king on the run, you get stuffed. And now you're set in third and seven, and this offense is just not built. It's not it's not built to convert long third downs. Period. Whether it was Jamil Showers or whether it, it, it's Mac Leftwich this year, so you you got to get creative. You just got to mix it up just a little bit. Give your offense. It's not about always taking a deep shot. It's not about always trying to spread the defense out and, and just throw it up in the air and, and let your guy make a play. No, you got to be methodical. you got to have a strategy. You know, get, get your team and your offense in the best situation for what it's built for, and that will give you an opportunity to convert first downs or third downs into first downs and keep moving the chains. And in a game like this against Arkansas, stay on the field and keep their offense off the field because if you're going out there, you're going three and out, this game is going to get out of hand in a hurry. I.E. Kansas State. I.E. Kansas State. I keep looking back at that damn game. And the, when we look at that Kansas State game, the defense was, you know, the catalyst of that game. Well, the catalyst really didn't start nothing. It's kind of a bad term to use. But, I mean, you know, they kept us in that game. You With so many young parts in the secondary, you kind of see maybe that happening again, you know, where, where you know, our defense is just playing with their heads on fire. I mean, stop, stop. stop. Scott Stoker is a fiery guy. He's gonna get these guys fired. He's gonna probably get personal, <laughs> you know, you know, and it really light a fire in these guys. Can you see the defense maybe getting that early turnover, that big tackle for loss, that big sack, a big hit that just you know quiets that crowd down? You, I, I think it's you, possible, man. I think it's possible because Arkansas. Look, Arkansas thinks that this game is already won, and it very it very well may be. You know, it may be a thirty point win. I don't know. But they think that already, and they haven't even taken the field. That leads to complacency. And when you're complacent about about things, you start making little mistakes. This UTEP team is not – you're not playing Peewee kids. You know, these are still Division One athletes, and they will make plays if you give them the opportunity. So I look back at, at Texas. I think it was Colt McCoy, right, when we played them out yeah, there? Yeah, that pick six. And we had that pick six right off the bat. And, and I pissed off a lot of Texas fans <laughs> sitting in my seat. I probably did, too. I'm thinking, oh, we're going to win this game. We've got a chance to win. And then all of a sudden it's 63-7 to seven or something. But, no, seriously, you know, this is something that can happen. We've seen it happen before. And, and that will give us some confidence to, to 
you know, take the game into the second, third quarter. You know, the longer you can stay in it, the better chance you give yourself at the end. But I definitely see something like that. I think something like that could happen. I mean, but you, you, you can't go in there scared. You know, you can't. And I think that was something that we saw last year. When when you start making dumb mistakes like we saw last year, just completely letting guys come free on, on punts and whatnot that block those first two punts, that's just a mistake. That's just not having your head in it. That's being scared. That's That's, you know... You can't have that. You got to go in there confident, know that you can hang with those guys, and then yeah, if they give you those opportunities, take advantage of them, man. And I think that's, I, I think that's where the defense is starting to come in. I, I think when we saw later in the year the Western Kentuckys, the, the losses were we didn't beat ourselves. They were just that good, you know. On the, on, and I'm talking about our, our defense versus their offense. You know, even even Old Dominion, how good their offense were, and we dominated them in the first half, and then they came back. And, and really put up some points, but our defense was able to hold steady and bend and down break. Mm-hmm. And I think our defense has turned that corner under Stoker where it's, you know what, we're not going to beat ourselves. If you if you score, if you break out all your yards, if you have a long drive, it's because you did your damn job and, and you just beat us. And I think that's where this defense is heading. And there's a lot of guys that are veteran guys up front, the Roy Robertson Harrisons, uh, Roy Robertson Harrisons, uh, the Nick Ushers, the, the uh, you know, Jimmy Musgrave. Trey Brown, those guys, I think, have that mentality, and it's feeding off. I did a, a story about, you know, uh, Jimmy Musgrave and Brown being the Bash Brothers, and Jimmy gave me a great quote where he says, hell yeah, I feel we're like that, because that trickles down to the young guys. That You know, it's, it, it's, it's uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's um, it, it's going to affect everybody, you know. It, it, it's, guys see that, and, and not only that, but they're leaders, so these young guys are looking up to them, and when they see that, you know, when they see that energy, they see that no fear, hopefully, you know, that just parlays into a good defensive effort. And that's really more than us opening up the offense, more than us passing it and having success in those situations that we talked about right now. We're covering our offense. I want to see that confidence in the defense when we talk about the little things we want to see. So that's really going to be a thing I'm going to look forward to. I really hope that, you know, like I said, that Arkansas beat us and we don't beat ourselves especially on that defensive side, because defense really it seems to be our strong point right now, maybe not in the secondary, but our front six is pretty damn pretty damn talented. I really think we're going to see maybe more 4-3 looks. I asked Kugler about that. I think we might bring it extra. We're going to have to, especially yeah. if Arkansas just pounding away, we're going to have to go with more 4-3 uh, looks. Hell, even bring in an extra defensive yeah, lineman. And, and you know what? I mean, when you talk about that, uh, a lot of people heard, and myself included, I, I wasn't too familiar with Arkansas yet, so when I heard that, that Jonathan Williams went down, I'm thinking, wow, I mean, that's, that's that's a plus for us. I mean, you never want to see anybody get hurt, of course, but I mean, you've you got to face them without their top running back. That, that's a plus, but you start looking at the stats, and Alex Collins is a, a virtual mirror image of, of, of Jonathan Williams. I mean, literally, they both rush for 1,100 yards. They both have like a five point. I think one was five point four, one was five point six yards per carry. Uh, the other one both led the nation in, in rushing his freshman year. Yeah, both had twelve touchdowns. So I mean, it's like take your pick. I mean, and not to not even to mention that their offensive line, like we were talking about with with Scott, is six six, three hundred twenty eight pounds on average. Man, that is huge. I mean, you're talking about you've got. Dan Skipper, who's one of their, their top returning uh, tackles, right tackle, measuring 6'10", 330, bro. That's a that's, – that's not even a big boy. That's a big-ass boy, man. <laughs> that's nope. a huge guy. And they have a big playmaker on the outside talking about Keon Hatcher, 17 consecutive games with the first down, 17 consecutive games with a reception, 43 receptions last – he had – of his 43 receptions, 34 resulted in either a first down or a touchdown. I mean, that – right there is just a big-time playmaker that's going to be a test for, you know, even looking at some 
some of our, our older guys in the secondary, like a DeCarlos Renfro, that he's an older guy, but he hasn't played every down. Trent Trammell, the BYU transfer, these guys are going to be tested not only in stopping the run, but in, in these explosive playmakers. And, and then you get into their big tight end, which that's really the biggest concern with me is their tight end, Hunter Henry. I mean, this guy is pretty ridiculous. I mean, 65 of his career receptions, 55 are, are in a first down, or resulted for a first down or touchdown. Another productive, explosive, big body guy. You're going to see him play on Sunday. Days. I mean, this defense is going to have their hands full, but like I said, I would rather see Arkansas execute what they do instead of us. Oh, Nick Holt, our second, our second team that, linebacker that, on the rush with a pick. That, that was a terrible, yeah. terrible decision by that quarterback right there. Again, we're talking about the Western Kentucky Vanderbilt game. I mean, Man, the guy Western Kentucky should have scored on that last drive. Bro, that quarterback had his tight end open for about three seconds. I mean, the guy was just standing there, and then he waited till the last defense, for the last second when the defense has already come over. Look at this, wide, wide open. open, looking wide open. Wide. And now I'm gonna throw it. That was like he just got baited into that. But Western Kentucky, either way, hey, that defense looks okay right now, but they're still getting shut out. You know, I want I want to jump into the CUSA talk. Let's, let's, let's wrap up. Our, let's, let's, hold on, let's end Arkansas with, with a prediction. Okay, it is Thursday. You know, it's it's not. I, I hate doing right predictions right early in, right in, right in the right week, but let me shoot off mine. Early. I think I, it's Thursday. Well, that's what I'm saying. Last year we would do oh, our predictions okay. early and always feel uncomfortable about it. It is my personal. I'm a weirdo, motherfucker. But anyway, I think that we're bound for one or two mistakes in this game. You unfortunately. know, unfortunately, because it's the first game, you know, it's going to happen. There's going to be some penalties. I think Arkansas will give it to us. I think we'll be lucky to get 17. I think Arkansas puts up a 50 spot. We can score. Hopefully, we can score on their on their threes or their twos to make it a little. But yeah, I think Arkansas will put a 50 spot on us. But like we said, just want to see those little things executed that can carry over to next week and the next week and the next week. I, I I definitely agree with you. Again, like I talked about at the beginning, this isn't about trying to get the win. I mean, of course you want to win the game, and if we do, great. If we have an opportunity to win it, amazing. I'm I'm happy, you know. But this for me is about building for the next weeks. This is about winning those little battles, not you know minimizing your mistakes, moving the chains, staying healthy, just kind of doing things right. You know, tackling. You know, not missing tackles, not missing assignments, not not getting beat on the deep ball. You know, those kind of things are going to translate to success later on. I think it's going to be a close game early. I think we'll hang for the first quarter. I think they're going to open it up towards the second and third quarter, up to probably 28, 35 points. And I think it's going to end up, again, we're going to score 7 or 10 points late. And I do think we're going to get 17, maybe 21 points. And it's going to end up 40, 42. I mean, maybe it will be up to 50. I don't know. But I'm thinking somewhere around like 42, 17 is probably what I'm thinking, man. The homer in me thinks it's a 31-28 win with Aaron Jones running the last play. <laughs> Big drive, sets up Jay oh, Maddox Even if it is a 50-point game, I'm going to think we still have a chance. I always <laughs> think we have a chance. Yeah, it's going to be – it's just – and overall, just to end out the Arkansas talk, I just want to see where the, – the direction Cougar wants to go is Arkansas. How close are we? How far are we? We saw how far we were last year against Kansas State. He's had two recruiting classes. We've seen some transfers that we've gotten that have paid dividends. So let's see what where this next step is, how we match up. A lot of people are going to judge UTEP on this game. It's not fair. Judge us against Texas Tech. That's really where we match up better. But at the end of the day, I really want to see where we stack up against these teams, these physical monsters that I like to call them, how we stack up on it. So looking forward to that. Again, 1.30 ESPNU El Paso time we will have our comment threads we'll be tweeting we'll be facebooking uh probably won't be taking selfies or none of that shit <laughs> well there's no selfie sticks allowed remember? yeah no <laughs> selfie sticks allowed in their stadium that's a bummer and you know what 
One thing I'm so not looking forward to this football season on the topic of going to games, that fucking Whip Nene song. They're going to play the fuck out of that Where's song, that? that stupid Whip Nene bullshit song. You heard, heard that crap? I don't listen to local oh, radio. Man. Neither do I, but I just hear that shit all the time. I, 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 I've heard it on... Either that or you're a terrible singer and I don't know what it is. Yeah, well, yeah, well maybe we'll open it. <laughs> we'll, 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 we might have to open that in as our intro the next one just so you get a taste. But anyhow, let's jump into our CUSA hot take. And I, we released our first uh, Conference USA Power Rankings, our preseason Conference Power Rankings, and we got 13 voters in. We're going to add more, of course, in the season. If you're a Conference USA blogger, beat writer, or just a consistent fan that can vote every week, get at us, man. We'll add you on. We really we, we harped on this last year. We really wanted to, to make this poll um, as unhomerish and, and with so many views. And I thought this poll was pretty much fair for the most point, uh, for the most part. I definitely disagree on some of them, and I'll just start at the top where I disagree with Kentucky. They came in with 160 total points, six out of the 13 first place votes. I had Western, I had Western Kentucky actually two. I think Marshall's a better team. We're gonna get into that. Western Kentucky, obviously, we're seeing here not having kind of first game woes, but That's another, another drop. drop. But Brandon Doty, he's re- I mean, we're seeing him throw right now. We've seen some of his passes, and he's. He, he's but that's hit. not the question. Yeah, that's never been the question with Western defense. Kentucky. Defense. The defense. And do you think that I mean last year they, they they kind of patched up their second half defensive bowl towards the end of the year to to get into a bowl game? You we're seeing them here. I mean they're holding Vanderbilt. You know they, they made Vanderbilt, a big stop. Vanderbilt's depleted exactly. Too, and, that, and not only that, they're a bottom tier SEC team as it is. And but, Western Kentucky's favorite in this game. And Western Kentucky's favorite. But I mean you know until you prove otherwise, until you prove that you have a defense. I'm watching this game right here, and and Western, I mean, and uh, Vanderbilt doesn't have a passing game, man. No, they're just running the ball, and and, and they're so, getting clipped. They're, they're getting seven yards. And exactly. So until you prove that you can stop that, then I I can't believe that you are a, a conference champ or or the the best team in the league. There's another draw. I mean, that's not necessarily a gimme, but that's. That's a good throw. Uh, that's a good throw, and, and you, you've seen a lot of drops from this offense. I'm, I'm starting to question their receivers. I mean, Brandon Dowdy's never been the issue. We know what he can do. Uh, we know what the offense can do, and they'll get going as the season goes on. But, again, it's the defense. Can can I don't know if, if Washington Kentucky and Marshall play this year. I guess they, yeah, they, oh, yeah, they, they have do, to, yeah, right? They have they're, in the, to. they're both in the East. So, But, <clears throat> you know, if you go up against an offense like Marshall, are you going to be able to outscore them? You know what I mean? That's the question. I mean, can you stop them? Until you prove that that you can, I, I would say that that I would have to give Marshall the nod. That's just my opinion. You know, and and that's where we jump. You hit it right in the head. We jump into Marshall. Checked in at number two in our opening uh, rankings, 156 total points, five first place points. Points they got Purdue on Sunday. I'm really looking forward to that game. Not only for to watch Marshall, but to see uh, baby Coogler out there. Yeah. Sean Coogler's son is going to be a starting center. But Marshall, like you said, the reason why I think Marshall is as good as they are is because they have a good offensive line and they have defense. You're talking about, you know, their defense is just really – I think they're stacked. you got Jarquez Samuel coming off the edge. And then their secondary, you know, with guys like Corey Tindall, A.J. Leggett, those guys are very, very talented guys. And Marshall, year after year, has had – some of the best recruiting classes in the conference, he would say. I mean, to me, there's no question that – and obviously we haven't played a single down. Western Kentucky obviously is right now. But when this went out, we did. they didn't play a single Marshall's down. Marshall's favored by seven and a half. I was trying to pick that out. And, and I think Marshall could really I, yeah, cover that. Especially at home. Especially at home. And the way that they played, I mean, maybe the past couple of years, everybody from the outside is thinking Marshall's one of those spread video game number teams. 
they just have those athletes to do that, but they're a physical team on the front seven. They always they, last year that linebacker, I can't think of his name, was DJ Marshall or something like that. That guy was a physical monster. Their secondary guys are big. They're not speed guys. They're physical, and and that's really what is going to carry this team. And I think they should pretty much roll through their conference USA slate. I don't have the conference USA schedule in front of me, but I just don't see any drop off of Marshall at all. Yeah, I agree. And and you know, moving on to, so I see the next two. I mean, obviously. The Eastern, the Eastern division is going to be the, I guess, the better division, I guess. I mean, at least that's what we're expecting. They have the least questions, I guess. Yeah. Preseason questions. Um, Louisiana Tech and Rice check in at number three and four, and they're the ones expected to be um, on top of the West. How'd you vote this? How, who, did you put Rice over La Tech, or what? I'm, I'm curious to see how you voted I, on this. Remember? It's kind of the same situation with, with, with Marshall and and uh, Western Kentucky, man. I mean, Rice is coming back as, as the West champion, right, Mike? Yeah. What right? And until you knock the champ off, I mean, especially in a preseason ranking, I don't see how you can jump them. So my opinion, Rice should be number three, but Louisiana Tech checks in at number three. So and that was actually there was actually some separation. I mean, Louisiana Tech got two first place votes and 19 points more than than Rice. So I mean, that's. I mean, obviously, some people feel like Louisiana Tech's a better team, but and then I feel La Tech is sort of in that Western Kentucky where there's a lot of hype on them, but I don't know how good. Jeff Driscoll is really going to be. I mean, we know that their offense is great. They have a, a, an NFL type. Uh, I believe he's their center for La Tech. He's a guy that could be in the NFL. Then obviously, uh, and the running back's name is, is going to should know this guy's name. The running back that they have, I have it down here. But I mean, that guy's a damn good talent. So it's kind of like hit or miss. And then you look at Rice and Dreyfus Jackson, Kenneth Dixon. I can't believe I forgot La Tech running back name. That guy's going to be good. But you're looking at Rice, and they lost a lot on the defensive side of the ball. But I really like Dreyfus Jackson. I really like. Their offense, I think they have both of their two leading rushers coming back with Dillard, and I can't think of the other back's name. But, I mean, Rice, really, they deserve to be number three. And I think they're really going to be that team that's going to possibly run the table. But I think La Tech, it's going to take them a couple weeks to get going on the offensive side of the ball. But their defense is ridiculous. And maybe the thing, exactly, defense-wise, maybe that's why some people are going to give La Tech the nod over Rice because Rice has a lot more unknowns, uh, only returning three starters. So that could be something. Um but again, I don't see. I mean, until you knock them off, until you prove otherwise, then you know the the West champ should should stay on. Uh, I guess ahead of La Tech, but there's no question. However you rank them, those top four teams are expected to be yeah. the top four teams in the league. And so, they're more than likely. And, and you're gonna have difference in opinions, especially at the time like right now. Yeah. Man, it's preseason. Nobody's played football down. yet, except for obviously Western Kentucky's on right now. But nobody's played football yet. You haven't seen anything. So really, preseason rankings can be thrown out the window. We'll see where they stand in three or four weeks. Yep. Jumping in, but this number five team right here, this is my dark horse to win it all. Really, Middle Tennessee. A lot of returning. A lot, a lot of returning defensive guys. It's, both. Uh, both, but their defense has been that stout, that steady winning. The W producer for them, and I think with guys like oh man Kevin Byard, oh my God man, I could just I'm probably jizzing in my pants right now. Thinking, this guy, I mean he's like Ed Reed, you know a Conference USA Ed Reed type of guy. I mean this guy is just he gets it done. He's a playmaker. He's a ball hockey. He's a sure tackler. And then you look at the middle, the guy they have T.T. Barber, who has seemed to be there for years. There, a fourth year starter. I mean this, those are two NFL type athletes. They have some really good athletes on the defensive side of the ball. Now, the, the the wrench that was thrown, I don't know if you heard about this, but Austin Grammer, who I thought was a really good quarterback last year, 
even when he came into the Sumble, but they're going to go with the, with the coach's son, Stockstill's son. Wow, I didn't know that. That is that that to me. Uh, Grammar's a senior, no? Grammar, I think he's an upperclassman for sure. I think that's kind of – I don't know if that's going to tear that locker room apart, but I thought for sure Austin Grammar is, was going to take that big curve and, that's, and that's turn a, that's his a, team around offensively. That's just like interesting, very touchy subject or, or just – because we have the kind of the same it's one situation. Thing if a guy here, comes in but... and just wows in the off season, and, and he he is the better guy. Yeah. But and maybe maybe this guy is. But when you're talking about it's being the coach's son, that's... the head coach, not the offensive that's... line coach's son, like here. That's, that's interesting, right there. That's something to look out for. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, whatever. <laughs> but, but I mean, I I, I, I really, just watch out for Middle Tennessee. I really think, I, and they're gonna crush the shit out of Jackson State this weekend. But I really love their defense, and that's a team that I really am high on. I think they'll be able to. They'll be that one team to knock off Marshall or as, Western Kentucky. As Denver. far as the rankings go, uh, Middle Tennessee actually falls just ahead of the Miners with one total point. Uh, middle Tennessee at 111. You who'd you have? Who'd you have ahead of them? No, I, I mean I honestly I don't middle, even. I went Middle Tennessee. Yeah, Middle Tennessee, Tennessee, but I don't even. I there's too many unknowns yeah. with the miners right now, and I love that. I've always tried, I, and, I, and at times I've gotten shit for it. Oh, the miners should be higher and whatnot, like that. And believe me, I would love to see the miners and put them at number one every week. But you got to try to be as unbiased as possible. You got to try to. A lot be, of people read this. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you got to try to just tell it like it is, you know. The Miners are, 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 at this point, they could be one of the better teams in conference. USA. They may come out and surprise and, and win the West. We don't know. But right now, there's too many unknowns. I think six is a perfect spot yeah. for them, especially considering who's behind them. I don't see any other team behind them that, that could have been put ahead. And, and this is where it gets real, real fuzzy. And, I mean, it's hard it's hard to gauge it, but I don't see how Florida Atlantic, how people could have voted them that high. I just don't see – I mean, their quarterback three and nine uh, season. He, I, I've always not, I've talked highly of their quarterback, but I just don't see. Now they've had big they recruiting tough, though, Actually, yeah. there were some and games last year. Team. Exactly, they're a physical team. They played tough, and there were some games last year. I mean, they finished three and nine, but there were some games last year. Namely, I think the FIU game. I think they ended up losing mm-hmm. that one, but that was a game that that they kind of impressed me a little bit. You know, the way their physicality more than anything, and if they can kind of take that into this year, I'm I'm not too familiar with them, so I really don't yeah, know. But they have a good safety. You know, that was a game that I saw on the schedule. We play F, we play at FAU, right? At, no, we play at FIU. At F- FIU. FIU comes here. FAU comes here. Okay. So that was a game, and actually, when I was when we talked about that pre that preview that we talked about earlier, you know, that was a game that I really felt like the miners could go on a streak before that because of the games that you play. You talk about NMSU Incarnate Word. I think you got UTSA. So you know, you can go on a little streak and. Excuse me, and then you're at FIU, right? I think. Yeah, no, FIU comes. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're, you're right, you're right. Yeah, and then after, you come back. And then you get FAU. And you get FAU. That was a game that kind of jumped at me as like a letdown game. Yeah. Like that could be one of those games where like you're rolling high, you won maybe four or five straight depending on how things go early on, and then you come back home. That could be a letdown game because that team is very physical. And, I mean, they're another unknown though, man. At this point – Really, it's the top four, and then after that, I mean, you could just you could put those teams wherever you want. And personally, I, I would have FIU as our number seven team. They check in at nine. Seven's Florida Atlantic. Seven votes. Eight is Southern Miss at seventy-four. I'm gonna get to Southern Miss here, but number nine, Florida International. They have two big-time returning starters on a stingy defense that we fell in love with. We both fell in love with the way that they were able to take those, have those ridiculous takeaway numbers, almost leading the nation, if I, if I can remember right. I think they are a team that's also going to be another dark horse right behind 
Middle Tennessee in that East just because their defense. Uh, listening to the FIU game earlier, their quarterback, Alex Magoo, was 11 out of 13. This is a team that really ran a lot last year, and Magoo was kind of being ushered in. And I was hearing the announcers talk about they want to really open him up. That would be nice for FIU to have that type of compliment to their defense. And I think that's where I – I think I had FIU at seven over uh, Florida Atlantic. But jumping back to our number eight team, Southern Miss, Southern Miss I think is going to be – is, is going to have is going to be an offensive juggernaut this year. I don't really like talking about total yards and then I think those are crap stats that that lazy journalists or lazy bloggers that throw out there. But I think this team is going to be one of those teams that's just going to be efficient. They're going to have a high yards per play passing game. All those advanced stats with Nick Mullins. I think they actually have a quarterback uh, controversy too. But Nick Mullins is a guy that I've watched really just grow well, over his first couple of years. Season, you know, they, they started slow, but middle of the season we've had them and. And they gave us all we could handle. Yeah. Um, and, and you're talking about a 3-9 and nine team on your home turf. So they're definitely improving. They got 10 starters back on offense, quarterback controversy or not. There's only one way, one way to go, and that's that's up. I mean, from where that team was to where they went to where they are now, this guy just missed the field goal? Geez, this is an ugly game, man. I don't yeah. even know why we're watching it, to be honest. <laughs> this conference you were saying I was hype. I thought, I thought by now Western Kentucky would have – 30 know, points and 200 board, but, but you know, no, but uh, talking about Southern Miss, I agree, and I think I think there's only one way, one place for them to go, man. It's just up. They they've really come a long way from that 0-12 season a couple years back, and now you're talking about three and nine last year, and 10 offensive starters coming back, eight on the defensive side of the ball. That's definitely um, a, a, a they I lost they lost their, they lost their big guys up front. I think that's going to really hamper their their defense. Because last year they were they were one of the few Conference USA teams that was able to kind of smack UTEP's offensive line back and, and that uh, uh, Nunez Roches guy that kid was a talent. But I really think that this offense is going to be exciting to watch Southern Miss the way that they've grown last year and it's, it's that quarterback controversy yeah. that's going to be a big speaking thing. And then, of, speaking of quarterback, speaking of quarterbacks, jumping to number ten, Old Dominion Monarchs losing Taylor Heineke. He's that, not that, walking through that door. Yeah, he is not, man. So. You talk about a guy that is a prolific passer at the, at the Division Two level, really, or I guess FCS. And then no, a good, not Division Two. A decent year last year. Decent, I think yeah, definitely. But you know, year. prolific passer at the FCS level, and he's now moving on. I think he's he's in the NFL, right? He got picked yeah, up by he somebody. Was, oh, I just seen him the other day. Um, they were playing the Raiders. Uh, Vikings. That's what I was saying. The Vikings. That's right. But uh, shout he, out to the Raiders. That that team. I mean, you still got eight offensive starters, but when you lose basically the key piece to your yeah. offense, I mean, to your program, you to your program, not, not, you, not just the offense. How are you going to replace that? That's definitely a question. Yeah, UTSA, another team, man. You're talking nine starters lost on offense, seven on defense. Now, this team was so hyped for last year because of all the seniors that were returning. FCS seniors. All those guys gone, and now, I mean. You find yourself at the bottom. They got Arizona tonight. Both of us kind of expect that to be just a complete route. I honestly don't see how how they could keep it close. I really don't. No, I, I, like I told you earlier, I, I think Arizona easily with the new Solomon Wilson, that running back, they easily put up a 50, maybe even a 60 piece. North Texas comes in at number 12. Um, I, I don't even know what to say I, about I, them. Yeah, they I, got a bye week this weekend. Charlotte, obviously, conference is a newcomer. Uh, rounds out the, the 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 league at number thirteen, and that's a team that also um, rounds out FBS when it comes yeah. to rankings. I mean, a lot of people are expecting them to to just be at the bottom, which is obviously they're transitioning from FCS. So we'll see what happens. But no more UAB, man. 
No more UAB until 2016. I mean, and it sucks I mean, I don't because even it, seemed, get into that, but it seemed like they whole... were turning that corner. Yeah, they too. Were. That was the most frustrating. Yeah, Bill Clark, like, I, I mean, I thought that sweet. guy was a pretty good coach for, you know, ha- I mean, they had talent last year, too. So it was, I was real interested to see how they were going to, you know, build off of that. Obviously, we'll never know. But, man, I can't wait to just sit on my ass on Saturday and have both my TVs just going <laughs> off, bro. This is my wife's favorite time of year. And I say that because it's actually my favorite time of year. <laughs> and she hates it. <laughs> so what you no, got? She, 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 I mean, she, she's a good sport, you know what I mean? But, like, I watch football, and she's just like, again? Because, you know, when you get into the season, it's like Tuesdays. Well, right. I mean, right now it's not Tuesdays, but later on in the season, it'll be Tuesdays, Next Wednesdays, year. Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, Sunday, Monday. I mean, every single day the of the week. <laughs> wonderful time. So who you got? Uh, I know you're a Notre Dame homer. And I'm, no, actually I'm, I'm, I'm not. Actually, well, you not like, you, so we I, go out there. That, we go, we the, go once a year to see Notre Dame play. That's really because my cousin um, is he he likes Notre Dame and and he wanted to start this tradition. Well, actually, one it started one year. He's like, you want to go to a Notre Dame game? I'm like, which game are you going to this year? We okay. So here's here's the story. Quick story. We had we were going to Notre Dame Texas, which is this weekend. That's the one. That, uh, it turns out, I mean. We ended up hosting my mother-in-law's 50th anniversary this weekend, so I said, I'm out. The guys were like, well, you're a founder of our group here, so you, we can't go without <laughs> you. So then it turned into Notre Dame Boston College at Fenway, which was going to be awesome. Woo! Turns out tickets to that are thousands of dollars, man. So we were like, yeah, we're out on that one. So we kind of uh, are going to go see Oregon-USC, long story short, man. Uh, we're going to change it up. No Notre Dame game this year, but Oregon-USC, both ranked in the top ten coming into the season. I so. think USC is nice. That offensive line Nasty, bro. If so they we, if they win, you know, if they take care of business on the way out there because it's it's in November. They take, I mean, that could be a one versus two yeah. or a you know two versus three. That could be or a safe, safe could, ticket stuff. Yeah, that game. could be a huge game. Do so you man. think Notre Dame just smashes Texas this Saturday? That's a big. That's really the so. big game I'm watching. Think so. you think I don't think so. I mean, Charlie Strong has a lot riding right now. I know. Uh, I know it's only his second year, but yeah, I mean, I don't think so. He's a, he's a very good coach, no nonsense kind of guy. Like Sean Cougar, you know, he's gonna have his guys ready to play. Um, and well, I'm excited to see Malik football, and I think I think they'll be I think they'll be all right. It's not going to be a route. Yeah, yeah. But there it is, man. The first football season podcast. I guess second. We called the last. Yeah, one the it was first the first. One, yeah, the but, first in season. Where we're but, talking about but a now. Game. Truly, truly in season. Uh, action all over the place. Going to be a great weekend. Miners kickoff 1:30 p.m. Mountain time. Tele- televised by ESPNU. Um, y'all know where to find us. Minerrush.com. At SBN Minor Rush on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Minor Rush, SBN Minor Rush at gmail.com if you want to email us, get at us, comment, let us know what whatever we could do better. Um, we're also looking for contributors. I'll throw that out there right here. We're looking for contributors to help out Minor Rush. You consider this, um, I guess, kind of like a, I don't know, what, what is what's a the word? Job uh, posting. It's not a job, <laughs> just a job, an internship. You know, yeah. you, if you're out there and you, you're trying to get into communications, writing, anything like that, um, this is definitely internship material. So we're you, even if you have a hot take you want to put in the comments, holler at me, email me, I'll throw that you up as a story. You serious writer, man. Yeah. This is fan. Some of you guys have some really good comments. In I see you guys comment on other message boards and us, and I'm yeah. like, damn, that could be a, a, yeah, a write-up. I agree. It doesn't have to be a thousand words. It doesn't have to have quotes in it. But if you all have a hot take, there's a couple of y'all out there that do. Minor Fanatic, Chris87, uh, you know, those, just, them out, just huh? off the top Call of my head. Out, huh? I'm calling y'all out. If y'all want to help out, y'all want to get involved, man. Like I said, it, it, it doesn't take that much time to, to type up some words. I'll help y'all out, whatever it is. Let's keep building this yeah, thing, man. That's I really all like about, it. Man. Just continue to build Minor Nation. 
I think I, I mean I don't mean to put down other sites because other sites do great jobs and and it's all we're all out here for the same purpose. But I still think Minor Rush is the best UTEP site around, and I, maybe I'm a homer in that sense. But we you put out some great content. Uh, you're always on top of it, and we just want to continue to build the Minor Nation and and let's get some help out here, man. Hell yeah! Hey, check me out tomorrow. I'll be on I'll be on ESPN 600 doing the high school know, football. So I, 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 I got to get other, a personal drop other, in there too. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> for other outlets, for other media outlets. Hear me out. Hear me out. We'll be back next week, and we'll be all around this weekend on the comment thread on Twitter. So holla! That's we it. out. First podcast is done. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.